Welcome to the Pokes Cast. I'm Ryan Thorburn, the Wyoming beat writer for the Casper Star Tribune. Coverage, trib.com, Twitter, at by underscore Ryan Thorburn. Guest, Robert Gagliardi. Gags, what's going on? Not too much. Just trying to stay warm and, you know, process this uh, previous border war and look forward to a very interesting couple of games to end the season for the Cowboys. A lot, lot at stake here. Yeah, if we ever uh, write another edition of the book, maybe for the, you know, 60th Border War or the 75th, if we're still alive or whatever, uh, there'll be a chapter probably on Jaden Clemens coming off the bench and, you know, throwing a dime to Alex Brown to beat the sheep in Fort Collins. It was uh, an unexpected storyline, but certainly uh, added to the drama of the game, which was a really physical you know, we predicted it right here. We know that CSU was going to show up in a big way, and they did, and they set the tone with that punt return and had a great chance to win and then, you know, knocked Peasley out of the game, and, and Clemens played well after that. You know, I I thought, you know, Clemens played really well, and, I, and Ryan, I was thinking back of when we were writing the book, if I can recall a, a border war, at least from Wyoming's standpoint, where you know, obviously they're always big games, you know, obviously a lot was riding for Wyoming, but then to lose your starting quarterback early and then have a backup, you know, you know, lead you to victory or play is obviously a huge factor in, in, in the victory with obviously with the touchdown pass. I thought, you know, Clemens, you know, more than held his own, you know, he came in obviously cold as a backup. That's part of the deal. You never know when your number is going to be called, but I thought, you know, Wyoming was smart not to put too much on him early. Um, really didn't put a ton on him throughout the game necessarily, but that was probably the plan anyway with whether Peasley had stayed in to, to try to run the ball. But, you know, that pass he threw to to Brown was was picture perfect. I don't think you could place it any better than that. You know, that was a gutsy call to take a deep shot on a second and nine. Um, you know, thinking back of the history of the border war from Wyoming's standpoint, Ryan, maybe even from both teams, I don't know if there's quite – an addition like that where a backup quarterback comes in and, and leads you to victory. I know, unfortunately for CSU, they've had they've played teams this year where backup quarterbacks have come in and, and 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 beat them. I know Utah State was an example where I think they were down to their fourth string guy, but you know, you, you said it best when you when you covered the game. You know, this this is probably going down in in the the long history of this rivalry is going to be a moment to remember, both good and bad, depending on which team you cheer for. Right. I mean, adding to it, if you're Wyoming, is just ripping their heart out. You know, 14-13 with a backup quarterback, you know, it, it has to be painful for Colorado State. I didn't think about this until I was doing the Mountain West Power Rankings that, you know, in 2020, we talked about it, there was no fans there. So if you look back at this recent history with Wyoming winning six of the last seven and that one being without fans, uh Colorado State hasn't won a game in Fort Collins and celebrated with their students and their fans since 2014. That has to be painful. Yeah, you know, and again, you know, we talked about it last week about the rivalry itself. And look, I do know it's important to Colorado State. We know that, Ryan. You did, you know, you talked to a lot of people. I talked to people. We know it's important, but you got to wonder when, you know, I guess maybe this is some of the ebbs and flows that goes with with rivalries with long-standing ones when teams kind of go on runs like that if some of you know when you're the on the losing end of those rivalries if some if if that 
you know, some of that edge of that rivalry gets lost a little bit, albeit temporarily. You know, again, this rivalry's been around for so long. There's always going to be ebbs and flows, but I just wonder if there's a little bit less of an edge with that. Maybe it gets back because they're not Colorado State's not going to play Colorado every year now. They were for a while there. Now it's going to be going away. So I just I just kind of wonder sometimes what the what the mindset is with some of the CSU fans. Again, I think with the with the older, the veteran CSU fans that really know this, you win or lose, they could lose 10 in a row. Wouldn't matter. That's this game's still important. But with some of the younger fans, I wonder what the feeling is with this rivalry because there hasn't been a lot of success with it in recent in recent years. Yeah, that's interesting. I was just thinking uh, you mentioned, you know, Clemens as a backup ever come in and in the border war, probably not in that dramatic a fashion. But I remember I was in Phoenix for an Oregon, um, I, th- I believe Arizona State game, and I believe it was around 2019. And I think why I'm, I went to Brad Hansen and watched, I think they played the border war on a Friday in Laramie. Is that right? But I just remember watching that game and either Sean Chambers got hurt the week before or something, but didn't Levi Williams come in as kind of a backup and, and run for a winning touchdown against Colorado state or am I, am I crazy? No, I don't, I don't think you're crazy. And I, I you know, that year, I think a lot like, Last couple of years, you know, between, you know, unfortunately with Sean Chambers' injury propensity, you know, you know, whether it was Levi Williams or backups, backups came in. You're right. I don't think it was quite that dramatic. And the one thing that I kind of thought of was, and this wasn't that case, but in in Dave Christensen's first year, when Austin Carter Samuels became the starting quarterback as a true freshman, you know, and then he, you know, led him to a win in, in Fort Collins with the stiff arm and the long touchdown run to help him get ball eligible. But but Carter Samuels had been the starter for a while. It wasn't like he's someone got hurt and he just got thrown in there. That instance came up, but you know, there was, there was, yeah, you're right. There was something like that. You're right. Not on the dramatic kind of storyline with, with Clemens last Saturday, but there, there was that too. So it's just, but you're right. Uh, you know, sometimes these games, you know, don't live up to the billing and the expectations that a rivalry game does. I think this one certainly did. No doubt. Yeah. It was a great game to cover and it obviously sets up, a massive game this weekend with Boise State coming to Laramie. You know, speaking of winning the starting job, I'm wondering, you know, I I think Craig Bull will turn back to Andrew Peasley if he's healthy and cleared to play, but I think there's a debate there whether you just stick with Clemens. I know it's a, it's one game, you know, and he comes out there and, and slings it, but he really seemed so poised and so good at reading the field compared to what we've seen from Peasley in recent weeks and early in that game that I wonder, is there a quarterback controversy here? Is Jaden Clemens, should he be the starter going forward if Peasley's healthy? That's a tough one. You know, you certainly brought up some good points there because it just seemed like even, you know, it was early in the game when Peasley went down, but you could even tell at least the start of the game, you know, he wasn't, he wasn't that sharp, you know, you know, CSU's defense certainly played a factor in that. I don't want to just say, put it all on Peasley or anything, but he hasn't been that sharp. You know, again, they didn't ask Clemens to do a ton throwing the ball. Um, you know, that's a, that's a good question. You know, I think only Craig Bull and the, and the coaching staff know that, and maybe they don't, maybe, you know, you know, concussion protocols are tricky things. You know, maybe I think it's, somewhat somewhat smart of Craig Bull right now I don't know if he necessarily knows who his quarterback is maybe that is day-to-day type thing right now with the protocol and everything but it certainly gives you something to think about but I do know Ryan you've you've covered you know Wyoming enough with Craig Bull where look if if 
if starters are hurt, they don't lose their jobs usually because of an injury. So it could be a case where if Peasley's healthy, he gets the start, see how it goes. If there's some struggles, maybe they they turn to Clemens then. I don't I don't know. But uh, you know, there's certainly some games there could be some gamesmanship going on there, but it's certainly it gives Wyoming some options. Maybe could there be a controversy? I, I don't know. If anything, at best case scenario, it gives him some options. You know, if Peasley's the guy, he struggles, or if whatever happens, then you go with Clemens. But I think they got to know because they got to be giving guys the reps, whether it's Peasley or Clemens, they got to be giving those guys the, the starter reps, especially for this game. You know, any game, doesn't matter if they're playing Boise State or, you know, Nantucket State or whatever, they have to give the starter the reps. So, you know, we're as we're recording this, it, it's a Wednesday, Ryan. If they don't have a clear picture, they got to be giving Clemens the, the the starting reps. If if there's any doubt, Peasley can go on Saturday. Yeah, I do know that uh, the plan was for Jaden Clemens to get the reps on Monday as the number one quarterback, and then see what happens with Peasley as the week progresses. You know, I think an ideal scenario possibly would be just start Jaden Clemens and hopefully Peasley gets cleared to play and is your number two. Mm-hmm. That's a pretty good, you know, insurance policy to have a guy that experience coming off the bench, and then you're not necessarily rushing him. Although, you know, if he's cleared to play, that that would be a bonus. That's just my two cents. You know, I don't I don't break down the film with with Tim Polisek. I'd like to, but I don't. Right. Um, but uh, you know, speaking of that, I, I talked to Tim and Jaden on on Monday, and. It was just quite a scene after the game with Clemens breaking down emotionally, you know, and when we've seen that throughout the year, and I talked about this on the Monday podcast with Rob Jarosh, who went to the game with me, but I was just struck by it. And then it's funny because I, I guess not funny, but I was asking uh, Tim about, you know, that sort of thing in the bond. And he got choked up talking about uh, Clemens. It's just a, a unique situation with this team you look at the stats. This is not a seven and three team, but if you're around it, you totally get it. Uh, they, they they win on intangibles, and it's uh, uh, you know I know they're fourteen point underdogs, but like Craig said, he's not going to paint this team into a box and say you know that they can't win the Mountain West. It's there for them. They just got to do it. It's it's quite. We've talked about it all year, but the difference between the attitude and chemistry and bond this year compared to last year is uh, an amazing story. It really is. And a lot of times, Ryan, we use those terms of, you know, the bond and the team chemistry and culture and those types of terms, you know, they get used a lot in sports, whether you're dealing with football, basketball, any sport, you hear that a lot. Sometimes they're just kind of used rather loosely, so to speak. And, you know, you don't really pay much attention to it, but I think Ryan, at least for me from afar, I don't think I've ever it's been, ever been more poignant to where those those types of things matter, and we're seeing and like you said, we're we're seeing those res, the results of those types of things. Because you're right, you look on paper, this team looks like it's a three and seven team, not a seven and three team on paper, obviously. But they find ways to win. You know, they like to they like each other. They play for each other. They're very selfless. You know, you hear those things. You know, like in preseason meetings and interviews about yeah, you know this and that, and that's great. I'm not downplaying that but this is the first time i can remember in a long time ryan actually seeing the results on the field you know and really in the win-loss call maybe you see it in in stats and individual stats or you know if you have you know running backs that are all have between you know 300 and 600 yards you know it's like well they don't have one guy but they got 
three or four, and they don't care who get the carries. Sometimes you see it on on in the numbers, but here you're seeing it in the win loss column. That's the most important one, and that's I, I don't know if I've ever really seen it that poignant before, where you hear those terms used a lot. And you're seeing the results, and obviously we know in football and any sport, the win loss those are the those are the most important numbers, the wins and losses. Yeah, one thing I, I've really enjoyed about covering Wyoming compared to you know covering Oregon or uh, the Denver Broncos or things like that is the access. You know, they'll pretty much even if you like everybody requested Jaden Clemens and Wyoming still let you talk to him one on one. That would never happen at. at at Oregon, you got to get Mariota in a big group setting or, or Herbert, things like that. But that allows you to, you know, break down, you know, situations like the game the other night. And I, I encourage people to go read my story about, you know, what all went into Jaden Clemens being ready for that moment. And, you know, that's, you know, I talked to, you know, Jaden about it and, and the players and Polisek. And it's really interesting because, you know, all football, all quarterbacks say, yeah, I know I'm only one play away and I'm preparing and all this, but it's human nature to say, you know what, the odds are Peasley's is not going to get hurt. I'm not going to be playing in this game and not put in 20 hours of film study or whatever they, you know, you do. He, he has been doing that all year and he's ready. So I, I just think that's, uh, it's kind of cool. And, and if you read that story, you kind of, you, you get why and what it took for him to, to go from being a walk-on and a borderline scout team player. I think Bull even mentioned that he wasn't even that great on scout team to having a meeting with Polisek in December. And they outlined like, you better do this and this, if you want to be a quarterback to putting in that work and then having a result like that, it's, it's pretty unique. Yeah. You know, how many times, well, probably a lot of these stories don't get written because, you know, you know, guys or gals even put in the work and it just doesn't work out or that maybe their opportunity doesn't come up for whatever reasons that that are beyond their control you know but like you said Ryan I mean it's, this was a kid that you know he wanted to play foot quarterback at Utah and they didn't want him as a quarterback they wanted him to play safety or play defensive back and he wanted a chance and Wyoming kind of took a flyer on him but it wasn't like he came in polished you know he came in and you're right he kind of had a, a, a sit-down meeting saying hey if you're going to be a quarterback here or or something, you're going to have to put in this work. You know, things are going to have to get better soon or this isn't going to happen, at least not a quarterback. Now, would he have played another position? I don't know. But the fact that he did it and then to see the the rewards, you have to see him reap those rewards and, and arguably the biggest game for his team each year is really cool. And now will there be other chapters of that? Will there, will there be a second chapter on Saturday against Boise State for – the the mountain division you know lead on the line you know i don't know but it's fun to see those success stories because even though you know we get to read about them whether it's with wyoming or other program or other teams we've covered in the past there's a lot of those stories that don't get written because those don't work out for whatever reasons and that's just really neat still just to see some of the good come out of of sports and this was certainly one of those one those good stories all right, Robert. Well, speaking of things working out, I would like to report that you were five and one on Mountain West picks last week. Nice. You know, I kind of talked myself into Wyoming maybe getting a late touchdown and covering, even though we both knew it was going to be a great game. Uh, so I was three and three. You have a nine to three lead over my seven and five in November. So, you know, I've got to get it going here. Or I'm going to be buying you a nice Christmas gift. Um <laughs> 
So let's get after it. I mean, we're both uh, above 500 in November. You're, you know, at 75%. So fans take that for what you want. You want to go with Robert or myself. I would probably go with Robert and fade myself, but here we go. Friday, San Diego State minus 14 and a half at New Mexico. You know, San Diego State is getting better quarterback play. They blew out San Jose State. Uh, you kind of wonder if they chose the wrong quarterback at the beginning of the season and what could have been, but they're looking like a really good bowl team now. New Mexico, you know, we week after week we talk about this. They have no passing game. You know, uh, I kind of joked in the power rankings that uh, they need to come up with some NIL money specifically designed to get a quarterback out of the portal um, <laughs> or it's, it's just not going to happen. So yeah, I don't know why the line is that low actually uh i'm gonna go with the aztecs to cover 14 and a half on the road at new mexico friday 745 fs1 i'm gonna have to go with you on that one ryan i watched some of that san diego state san jose game and i was impressed with their quarterback you know i think he was the mountain west player of the week um from the games last week and they get quarterback play like that i mean that's a team that's going to be tough to beat no matter what through that the rest of the season and in in their bowl game and that's all they need. It was, and he was. I wouldn't say he was spectacular by any means, but he's pretty good, you know. And uh, they get that with that run game and that defense. I'm with you, and I'm you know Mexico. I feel bad for him. I think Danny Gonzalez is a good guy. I think he's a good coach. I think he's the right guy for down there. But until they get a quarterback or even a semblance of one, I don't. It's hard to give them much of a chance. Yeah, Rocky Long knows probably still a lot about Aztecs and working with Brady Hoke, all that stuff. But I don't think that's going to matter. I think the Aztecs will roll in this one. Yeah, it looks like Richard Patino has a really good team. So I, I'm, I imagine most Lobo fans are focused on hoops already. Um, Saturday, Colorado State plus 21 at Air Force. What's this trophy, the Ram Falcon trophy or the Falcon Ram trophy? Something like that. There's no there's no cool name to it. It's just uh, they just you know came up with the trophy and threw their nicknames on it, I guess. But I'll say this, though, Ryan. I mean, you saw it in Colorado State's they got a ways to go, but they're not that far. I mean, the Wyoming game was an example. Even, you know, the San Jose game before that, they had a chance to win it. Um, you know, Air Force can just get rolling on you and stuff like that. But, you know, I'll I'll say this for Colorado State. They're fighting. They're fighting hard. And, they're you know, they get over that hump. And I don't know when that will be. But if they get over it, look out. You know, so I think it's a rivalry game. Um I think CSU covers that. That's a lot of points. I know, you know, Air Force could, you know, I could foresee something where they just run them out of the park, but I just don't think CSU's, they're not there yet. Maybe two months ago they might have. I don't think they do that now. So I'm taking the points. I'm taking the Rams and the point. I'm not taking the Rams to win. I'm just taking the points. I will take Air Force. I think you're absolutely 100% right about CSU. And, you know, Troy Calhoun's probably not pumped about that trophy. So it's not like they're going to circle the wagons or anything, but I just think CSU is going to have a letdown. I mean, they were gutted by Wyoming, as we talked about. I think they're going to have a letdown. I think their defensive coordinator is a, a he appears to be a, you know, really talented guy he played for Craig Bull at North Dakota state, but you know, you don't know about the triple option until you experience it, especially against air force, Brad Roberts, you know, still in the hunt for mountain West offensive player of the year. I'll take Air Force to cover the three touchdowns. Uh, San Jose State, minus three at Utah State. Spartans, we've been talking about it for weeks. They're struggling. 
Um, they were blown out, gave up 38 unanswered against San Diego State after taking a 14-0 lead. I'm surprised they're even favored in this game. I'll take Utah State. I, I like the Aggies in this one. I think they're, you know, you know, they're getting. I don't know. They're getting back. They're not playing like they're, they're the defending division champions or late champions or anything, but they're playing better. I'm like you. I was watching them. You know, San Jose against Fresno uh, or uh, you know San Diego State, and I'm just like, what's you know, they're big defensively. They're physical. You know, they've got some guys. I'm still just not sure what's really happening there, Ryan. But you know, to go on the road, it's probably going to be cold there. I'm going to take. I'm with you. I'm taking Utah State in this one. Yeah, if you're Wyoming, you're probably thinking, "Geez, why couldn't we get Fresno to start Mountain West play and then get San Jose State at this time of year?" At, right. Because those two teams have swept, flopped what how they've been playing lately. So, uh, you know, Utah State has a chance to get bowl eligible after a horrific start, which is impressive. Cooper Lagaz a good player. Uh, you know, Levi Williams is going to be going to a bowl game probably, and he won two bowl games at Wyoming, but I'm not sure he's going to factor into their bowl game this year because Cooper Lagaz is a good player. I guess that's one area where Wyoming did catch a break, not playing him. Um, okay, Fresno State minus 22 and a half. By the way, I said I'd take Utah State. Yes. Okay. Fresno State minus 22 and a half at Nevada. Give me the Bulldogs. I would take them probably if they're 29 and a half point favorites. I just I think Nevada had a fork stuck in them about six weeks ago. I, I agree, Ryan. And I watched Boise State just run roughshod through them on the in the snow in Reno last week. And you know, you know, they just I think all the 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 attrition and everything's caught up to them. I think you're right. I think Nevada's kind of been done for a while. Fresno's now rolling, Hayner's back. They hurt you in so many ways. Um, yeah, Fresno's playing like the Fresno, I think most people thought would play like year all year long. Um, yeah. Give me the Bulldogs in this one too. Yeah. Wyoming's going to have uh, their hands full at Fresno to finish the season. But one thing is I believe if Fresno beats Nevada, they will clinch the West. So it's not like they're going to say, Oh, we have to beat Wyoming to go to the Mount West championship. That could be a mini letdown, although it will be senior night for Jake Hayner. So that's going to be a tall order and they have sold a lot of tickets for that game already. So um all right, uh, UNLV minus 11 at Hawaii. I think UNLV is going to win, but I'm going to take Hawaii to cover. Uh, UNLV is four and six. They're on a major losing streak right now, but they finish up with Hawaii and Nevada. So I think they got to be fired up to try and win those two, go to a bowl game, take a step forward. It was an uneven year, but you can finish it on a high note. I'd like to know when the last time a UNLV football team was favored by double digits in a conference game. Yeah. Um, someone could figure that out. I'd like to know. Um, but I'm with you, Ryan. I think I wouldn't be surprised if Hawaii wins it, but that's 11 points to go on the road like that. And yeah, UNLV's better, but they're still, you know, ever since the room, the, the quarterback went down, now I know he's back, but they're still, they're, they're better obviously with him, but they're not the, the same team as it was before he got hurt. You know, maybe they're getting back to that. I can see UNLV win, but 11 points on the road, you know, Hawaii, you know, maybe they, they, they find some life for a little bit. So I'm taking, I'm taking those 11 points on the road. Definitely. And finally, Boise state six and zero in Mountain West play minus 14 at Wyoming five and one in Mountain West play winner will be in first place in the Mountain division entering the regular season finale. 
Uh, I'm going to take Wyoming to cover. I don't know that they can win. I'm not saying they can't, but it's it's definitely a probably their most challenging game of the year. I'd say even more so than Illinois or BYU, just because of the stakes and the level Boise State's playing at and that Wyoming is coming off an emotional game and a little beat up. It's a tall order, but like Craig Bull said, you know, he's not going to put it past these guys to have a special Saturday night. So I will take Wyoming to cover, if not win. I think it's going to be, you know, Talon Green is being compared to Josh Allen by Craig Bull. And I don't think he's just saying that to get in the kid's head. He's 6'6". He can flick the ball, you know, 68 yards. He can run. He can make strange throws, you know, unconventional throws uh, like Josh Allen has done and is, you know, struggling with lately, but he's made some major highlight real plays with with unique throws. And they have a great running game with George Halani, and they have arguably the Mountain West best defense. Tall task, but it's in Laramie, and it, this team has some 2016 vibes to it, which is, uh, you know, the year that Wyoming beat Boise and, and went to the Mountain West championship game. You know, Ryan, I, I hope I'm wrong about this, but I, I'm going to take Boise to cover this because I think – you know, you just mentioned, you know, the list of the the talent that Boise State has. I'm not, we're not sure, you know, we talked a lot about the quarterback situation for Wyoming, but there were a lot of other guys that, that got hurt. You know, Cam Stone went out, uh, Jordan Bernoulli went out, you know, those are some major guys up front and, you know, maybe they'll play, maybe not, but I just think Boise has too much, you know, yeah, it's in Laramie, um, stranger things have happened, you know, you know, it's going to be cold. I don't know if it's going to be snowy there, but I know it's going to be well, maybe that neutralizes some things. I don't know. But if anything, that maybe limits Wyoming even more because we know they're going to run the ball or want to run the ball. You know, will it be harder for them to pass? I just, I wouldn't, I'm, I'm like, I'm not, I'm with you. I'm not saying it's impossible for Wyoming to win. You know, they've only beaten this team once ever, you know, and that was that memorable game in Laramie back in 2016. But I just think Boise's got too much. And now that they really seem to be clicking ever since they kind of made that. Well, not kind of, they made that change in offensive coordinator. Dirk Cotter's got them, you know, getting better and better every week. You know, how, what happens at altitude and, you know, um, in cold weather, we'll, we'll see, but they, Nevada didn't look too bad in the snow in Reno last week either. So I'm going to, I'm going to hesitantly go with Boise state to cover that. Yeah. And, and uh, Boise state can obviously clinch the mountain division with a win and also, uh, they'll be hosting the Mountain West Championship if they beat Wyoming. So uh, a lot on the line for both teams. I'm I'm just curious to see who's under center or taking the snaps for Wyoming. It'll, it'll be fascinating. Is Clemens the X factor? Uh, you know, can DQ James get into space? Can, can Titus Swin be Titus Swin? I think Wyoming's offensive line is going to have to control the game, control time of possession, uh, because, you know, Boise State's been scoring over 30 points a game with Talon Green as the starter. So uh, you don't want it up in, at that level of scoring. You need it to be uh, a 2017 type of game. Uh, Wyoming's offensive line has played well for most of the year. I don't think they're very happy about how they played against Colorado State. Normally, they bounce back with a strong performance after something like that happens. I'm thinking of, you know, after the San Jose State game, they really – you know, started throwing guys out of the saloon, as as Craig Bull likes to say. Um, particularly that Hawaii game was impressive in that regard in Utah State. So um, 
it's I think it's on the Wyoming offensive line. It's funny because last week I said Peasley would have to make a play or two to beat Colorado State. It turned out to be Clemens. So um, what's your key to this game to pull the upset? I think along those lines, Ryan, I think, you know, the offensive line is going to have to dictate things. And if they can dictate things against what's maybe one of the better fronts in the Mountain West, maybe it's the best one. I know they've had some injuries, but they still got some cats up there that are pretty good. So, you know, I, I see that for Wyoming to win this game, Ryan, I see I see this game having to be a lot like when they beat Air Force in Laramie earlier this season, you know, control the control the ball, control the possession, you know, make you know, a handful of, of, of big plays or key plays when needed, um, you know, obviously get the run game going and whether it's Peasley or Clemens, or maybe if it's a little bit of both, they can't, you know, they're, those guys, they're going to have to make some plays in the pass game, but they can't throw it 35 times a game or even 30. They're going to have to do that. So I, I see for Wyoming to win this game, it's going to have to come along those lines. And then we mentioned this last couple of weeks too, Ryan, and it almost cost Wyoming against CSU is something, Wyoming will have to be better in special teams. You know, Hoyland missed a field goal. Obviously, they, you know, um, the punt return that CSU had, they have to be better. Wyoming has to be better. But obviously, you know, in the cold, maybe you know, a block kick, something like that. You know, special teams will have to be good. So I think off- I think the line is going to offensive line for Wyoming, uh, special teams, you know, and hopefully the defense can continue to just, you know, do what it's done, you know, next man up or whoever's in there. But I'm just wondering who's going to be in there. Are they – going to be that depleted if a Bertinoli and Stone can't play is, is do they have the next man up can the next man up handle one of the more you know more powerful offenses in the Mountain West yeah I talked to Bertinoli Monday and posted a story today Wednesday and, and he's going to try to give it a go um, he took a nasty cut block and obviously was uh, helped off the field and into the tent he was in the tent when he heard the roar of of the Clemens touchdown pass. So, you know, you know, he's a gamer and he's going to try to give it a go. I think Cam Cam Stone was in a sling. I don't know what that means. That was just precautionary or or what the deal is there. Um, The good news there is Ja'Cory Hawkins made a big play against Colorado State and Deron Harrell had a huge interception. So, you know, those two give you some quality corners that have played in big games before in power five games. So, you know, it's a patchwork thing. You know, Gavin Meyer stepped up for Cole Goodbow. Uh, Rook Brown st- stood in for Keontae Glenton. And obviously Clemens stood in strong for Peasley. It's uh, it's one of those things. They, they're they going to need maybe a new hero in this game, uh, someone we haven't talked about to step in. And, and that's how it has to go in these kind of Cinderella seasons. Well, we'll be interesting to see if there is another uh... – another new hero so to speak but uh look ryan like it or not we can break we you and i can break this down all we want and stuff but you know it's it's mid-november and in a in a, in a conference championship or conference title or divisional title is on the line still for for wyoming and that's hey you would have said this you know you know in mid-november you know back in august that you, we'd be talking about this at this point i don't know if i'd have believed you so see what happens and that's why they don't play the games on paper they play them on the field so let's see what happens saturday night yeah, speaking of that, uh, just to touch on basketball briefly, you know, obviously a very disappointing start to the season with Graham E.K. out and then uh, an inexcusable loss to southeastern Louisiana that's going to kill Wyoming on Selection Sunday unless they're able to make up for it with Graham coming back and some quality wins. I think you're going to need three or four quality wins to make up for that game. That's just a game you shouldn't lose regardless of what's going on. You know, unless for some miracle reason that team 
turns out to be a good team and, and dominates their conference, that's uh, it's not what you want to see, and it hurts the Mountain West as well. No, and the Mountain West has had a pretty good early start to the season with some wins. You know, UNLV beating Dayton last night was a was it you know a good one. You know, but you're right. You remember we talked last week where you know Jeff Linder after they beat Nichols, you know, some little back and forth there, and Jeff Linder said, "Well, it's always good to learn from a win than a loss." Well, now they have to learn from a loss. Now that you know they're on their way to the Virgin Islands for that Paradise Jam this weekend, let's see what they can do there. But you know. You know, when you don't have the big guy, you know, you got to find ways. And we've talked a lot, Ryan, where this team can beat you in a lot of ways or play a lot of different ways. Well, for, you know, they're going to have to generate, they're going to have to find ways to, 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 to dig themselves out of poor shooting nights. And whether that's, you know, clamping down more on defense or, you know, doing, I don't know. That's why Jeff Linder's the coach. That's not why you and I are, are, are the coaches, obviously. But that was, that was a, that was a tough one. Um, I guess better to learn these lessons early than late when it, when it matters most. But, We'll see. You know, this this road trip to the Paradise, to, to Virgin Islands now just became a lot more interesting, even, at you know, just because of one loss early in the season. Yeah, I mean, it's easy to focus on Graham, but the guy they missed the other night was uh, Drake Jeffries. You know, Wyoming was three for 19 on threes in the second half, and that's how you lose. You die by the three. Drake won a lot of games by the three. And, uh, you know, if I'm Linder, I'm telling the guys, listen, I'd like to pull this trip, this reward trip to the Virgin Islands after what happened to the other night. So uh, I can't do that. But in order to make it up to me, you need to win this tournament. Uh, <laughs> it's not a, you know, there's no powerhouse teams in this tournament. There's good teams, but uh, they need to, you know, maybe it's good timing to go on a long road trip together and figure it out and, you know, come back with a, some sort of a, a tournament trophy. I think that could, that could really help. So you know, all is not lost, like Jeff said. It's just, you know, when you're trying to get those at-large bids in the NCAA tournament, you know, the Ken Palm rankings and, and stuff like that comes into play, and no one is uh, projecting a loss to Southeast Louisiana. You know, Colorado State right. beat them without Isaiah Stevens, okay? Right. You know, you're right, and you know, but, you know, Jeff Linder's right, but that's why we're here to speculate about this stuff and – you know, there's a lot of season left, a lot of things to still go. But man, that's just a, it's a, it, it's it's just painful. It's almost like if you would have lost the conference championship game or something like that. It just seems, it just, it just seems like it felt like that vibe from, you know, reading reading stuff, you know, fan reaction and things like that. But there's a lot of basketball left, and see if they can get some things figured out because we know they're not going to have EK for a, for a while. You know, maybe by conference play, maybe not until mid February. I don't know, but. You know, they're going to have to figure it out. And, you know, I don't think teams, you know, you don't have to be the best basketball coach on the planet to know, well, beat Wyoming. Don't let them beat you on the perimeter right now because they don't really have that consistent, steady post presence now. Yeah. And one more soapbox thing for me, it, I, I've never understood why. And I guess it would be complicated and it takes a lot of time. But why do athletic directors schedule non-conference football games and coaches schedule non-conference basketball games. I mean, none of the good coaches want to play other good coaches and other good programs. It's really annoying. Like the first week of the season, there was no top 25 matchups. There's been a few the last few nights, but, and then also it's like, okay, we'll get South East Louisiana in here on a Sunday during the NFL 
the night, day after the border war. I mean, come on, there was no energy in that building. And I don't blame Wyoming fans for that one. I know I said they're worth staying up till eight to watch against Nichols, but I'm, I can't excuse a Sunday game during the NFL season after a night football game. Well, yeah, you know, and I, I don't know, Ryan, I don't know if athletic directors would want to have, I think athletic directors have a hard enough time getting football games scheduled. I don't think they would want to touch basketball with a 30 foot pole because of the complications, let alone the complications that are in Laramie. You know, I got to think since Southeast Louisiana played CSU that Friday night in Fort Collins, if there was, if I don't know if Wyoming CSU worked together with that or if Southeast Louisiana reached out to both to see if they could work that out. I don't know how the intricacies work there, but yeah, sometimes it's just, you know, non-conference, non-conference basketball games on Sundays in this part of the country generally don't work out very well, whether it's win losses or crowd or a lot of things or fatigue on the riders. Uh, they normally don't work out very well. All right. Well, Saturday, no complaints. Wyoming hosting Boise State. Both teams looking for a Mountain West championship, and they're at the doorstep. It'll be a great one. Rob, appreciate you. Gags, you're a great insight. And, uh, you know, we'll talk about this one next week. It should be great. Look forward to it, Ryan. Enjoy the game, and hopefully you have a lot to talk about next week. All right. Have a good weekend.